have I got a short story for you. When was the last time you played a joke on someone with a scorpion? Or woke up, drank rum, walked through the woods just to ride a cow? Enough said. But first, a word from our sponsor, AndrePsyche.com. That is Andre, A-N-D-R-E-Y, P-S-Y-C-H-E dot com, is the feel-good real retail therapy website that you haven't been to yet. Everything on the site, from the art to the music, and including the clothing, books, podcasts, prints, is inspired from and created by Andre himself. Dude is literally fucking insanely creative. Like, if authorities found out, that motherfucker would be committed. Give his site a quick peruse. I guarantee you will do more than just browse. AndrePsyche.com is the one-stop shop for unique purchases that all have a story behind them. And if there is one thing that we at the Getting to Know You pod are all about... It's a good story. Speaking of which, we are also brought to you by the Getting to Know You pod. Please, can you take a moment right now during this introduction? Friend and follow the podcast. We're on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. It's all one word, Getting to Know You pod. Also, subscribe and rate the podcast on whatever platform you just pushed play with. Did you use your thumb? Or are you more of an index finger person? You're a thumber. I know. Opposable thumbs. It's what makes us great. So please, five stars would be super appreciated. Appreciated. (laughs) All of this support helps us to put in the hours it takes to get to know a complete stranger. Also, if you haven't noticed, we're like 40 plus 40 guests deep at this point. Take a moment and scroll through previous posts. Get to know someone on your next long drive, your walk, workout, or chore day. I guarantee that you're going to walk away feeling connected and with a better perspective on life. Finally, not to brag, but to brag, we're fucking global. I'm talking about Japan, Canada, UK, India, Australia, New Zealand, the good old US of fucking A, France. These are just a few of the countries that have contributed to our over 1,000 downloads. If your business or brand is looking to partner with us here at the Getting to Know You pod, we would love your sponsorship. Just send us a message. And now, getting to know just a little part of you. Hello. Getting to know you. Getting to know all about you. I'm going to do a terrific show today. Getting to like you. Getting to hope you like me. Because I'm good enough. Getting to know you. Putting it my way. I'm smart enough. You are precisely and doggone it. my cup of tea. So it took a couple months for them to stop like coming out of their house and 
staring at the white person walking down the street. But, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but it was an amazing experience. It was a, it was a rough place to live for two years, man. It was not some, I don't know if they put me there cause they thought I could handle it or what, but even like the heads of the Peace Corps were like whispering, I'm sorry <laughs> when I got placed there. What do you mean? Like, like it, naked and like afraid? Rough? Site placement day and everyone like wants to be like by the ocean or like, I don't know. Everyone has their own preferences, but I got this, Again, it was the second smallest site in rural Nicaragua, but it was not some quaint mountain town. It was in this desert at the foothills of the mountains, and it was basically just a series of shacks along the Pan American Highway. And it was just like a dust bowl. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> it was like this big truck stop dust hole, and I was like, oh, damn it. <laughs> but Okay. <laughs> Holy fuck, but, um, dude. I'm thinking of like those desolate gas stations on the way from like Vegas to, or from like Los Angeles to Vegas. Basically picture that, except there was like really nothing. <laughs> there was like, there was one little auntie that would like sell her, sell her tostadas and stuff by the side of the road. Oh, Some man. houses. Dude, that's fucking rough. Oh, I know. It was such a, I think back to just the, the things I went through there that were normal were just like so far from reality and the rest of my life, most other people's lives. What, what felt so longer funny. two years there or 14 days naked and afraid? <laughs> two years there, two years there. <laughs> Trust me. I had a, I don't mean, I'm not trying to bash it too much. I loved my time there. Oh, I had dude. a lot of good friends. Yeah. Yeah. Town, yeah. Man, it was, it was rough and lonely at times. That's for, dude, that's it's for gotta be a fucking culture shock. Time. Fuck. Yeah. And especially like, yeah. A hundred, like, I don't think people realize what 140 people are. There can be 140 people in a grocery store and you yep. can feel alone. Do you know what I'm saying? Like your Costco has probably got a fucking 500 people in there right now. They're completely. Yeah. Way more. Yeah. So yep. 140 in a town. Um, what do you mean abnormal stuff or what, what was like so shocking again, not like shit talking or anything, but just like culturally you're like, what the fuck? Um, <laughs> like I said, I was in a smaller place and I had like some other pe friends in the Peace Corps that, you know, everyone goes through weird things, but they were in cities and stuff. So they didn't experience the same things. But I had one friend come over one day and uh, my neighbor's dog, people don't treat their pets the same way. It's a cultural thing out there uh, for right. the most part, at least. But, um, and most of the dogs are, you know, abused to an extent and very, very mean and aggressive. And, but my neighbor had this Rottweiler mix this mutt kind of thing, which is actually, for whatever reason, it was like the nicest, kindest dog, this female <laughs> dog. And people also do not fix their animals there. Oh my God. I've had so dogs yeah. all my life, but I've never seen, you know, this many non-fixed animals. But anyway, setting up some background. But anyway, my <laughs> neighbor's dog, like it was my friend. It would come over into my like little concrete hut and like hang out with me. And it was like, just cover, I'd pick ticks off of it and we'd sit there and like watch movies on my computer and hang out. <laughs> like all the time it was the one dog that i liked but whenever it was in heat all these other dogs there's even like this weird little pekingese thing out there that i don't know how that got to nicaragua but mostly just like these crazy mangy mutts there'd be literally like 15 20 of them i'd have this dog in my house to protect it from getting game raped <laughs> and there'd be 15 20 male dogs just like circling my house growling and yipping like trying to get in for like three days straight and i'd keep like my doors locked <laughs> and um but it was just like normal this is what happened it was that time of the month 
<laughs> and they'd literally be circling my house. Like everyone else just like kicks the dogs out and lets them do their thing and get gang raped outside. Yeah. But I had a friend come visit me and they were like trying to get through. And I was like, just, just get through them. They're not, the dogs aren't here for you. They're not going to hurt you. Just walk through. And they were like, what the fuck is happening? And I was like, they're trying to gang rape my dog. It's just, it's normal. Come on. <laughs> we need to lock the doors. So they'll sneak in. <laughs> I don't want to have to break it up again. <laughs> But things like that, and then, like, I actually, this happened the same day, like, a, a glass broke in my house, and there's no trash pickup, and, like, I didn't want to, you can't just, like, throw it out, and, or, and I didn't want to just toss it somewhere, and, like, like literally the best thing to do if you broke a glass was to go into the street and dig a hole and bury it in the road. Oh. <laughs> like, did things like that, I don't know, it's just everything you did was totally different than normal life. And it was pretty funny. Fucking no doubt. <laughs> Scorpions dude. everywhere. Oh I had my, God. my, uh, one of the advisors from the Peace Corps that came to observe you like twice while you were out there. And, um, one time they came and there were just scorpions everywhere, 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 all over the place. And I taught these multi-grade classes. So I taught first through or preschool through sixth grade, all in one room, teaching them. And I was, had to teach them a strict criteria, a strict curriculum. And, um, but all different subjects at the same time, which is literally impossible. Oh yeah. Like literally impossible. I did my best, but kids would constantly get distracted. But anyway, my uh, advisor came and she was observing me teach this class. It's like 20 kids, like three or three or four in each grade roughly. Um, but while I was teaching, a couple of the kids went out and they found these scorpions and I didn't even notice they were gone. And they came back in, and my advisor is sitting at this children's desk. Like she was a bigger woman, and she's in this children's desk where, like, the desk part is attached to it, oh. attached to the seat. You know? Oh, please tell so me you can't this really happens. get up very easy. Please tell me this happens. I, I'm so oh, I'm picturing it already. They, they were nice to her. They had um, they had cut the stingers off of these big scorpions, <laughs> but they like dropped them on. And this is a Nicaraguan woman, but she's like well off, lives in the city, far away from this kind of stuff. Right. And they dropped them on the desk. <laughs> she like <laughs> lost her mind, tried to like get up. I swear she bent that desk in a half, like trying to run out of the classroom. Oh, <laughs> and at first I was like, God damn kids. And then I was like, no, I'm glad now she sees what I go through <laughs> every day. Dude, what are they? Are the kids just like knuckleheads that are like fucking with people? They're like, but there are no scorpion or there's no stinger or like oh, exactly. Yeah. yeah, they're like we cut the stingers off, and I was like, fair <laughs> enough, they were harmless. <laughs> and at the same time, they're like dumb city bitch. She yeah. should have known. She should have seen. They're that just there like were no third stingers. graders out there wrangling scorpions with their bare hands. Like, <laughs> oh my god, dude, that is fucking awesome. That like so. Does it piss you off or do you fuck it? You have to, at the same time of being like almost professionally embarrassed, then when like you talk to them, you have to be fucking cracking up at the visuals. Oh, I was cracking up. Yeah. I don't even think I can hold it, hold it back at that point. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, dude. That's so fucking authentic. I would yell at him in English sometimes. Just I would get a kick out of yelling him to English because you know how like, You've seen like movies and stuff where there's just like this angry Latin teacher and she starts screaming at people in Spanish and everyone laughs. Yeah. But I would like get angry and start yelling in English and then they would laugh at me because I'm like the crazy person yelling in a foreign language and then I would start laughing. <laughs> <laughs> just to get it out, right? You're like, goddamn kids, you fucking bastards. Come on. 
<laughs> like, haha, gringo. <laughs> <laughs> Did they, dude, it's a challenge. So, were they looking to be taught and educated this science, or the Peace Corps is just kind of like forcing this shit on them? Um, no. I, so I was like, I was working with uh, local teachers a lot. So a lot of it was like co-teaching and stuff like that. Okay. But um, especially in these, you know, when it's multi-grade preschool to sixth grade, like seven different things at the same time, like yeah. you end up just either teaching all of it or half of the grades at once. So. So yeah, they they were pretty open to it, but it it was difficult because, and this is no fault of the the teachers I worked with great out there, no fault of theirs, but as you can imagine, when you're in a rural area like that and they just have one teacher, again it was a whole town like twenty something kids or what encompasses all of those grades, so that's why they do it. But you can't teach seven different subjects at once, like it just doesn't work. Yeah. So their quality of education was just was very poor because of that. And we'd be told that we had to teach like cell biology and, you know, about the anatomy of a tree and stuff like that. And it'd be like, maybe let's start with spelling <laughs> <laughs> and then we'll get there. We'll get to the xylem and phloem like next week and we'll start with spelling today. Yeah. Right. Like why don't, why wouldn't you start with just basic literate literacy yeah, well, so that yeah, you can was, almost become a self-sustaining like the education. They were told they had to teach in certain things at certain times Gotcha. It didn't always work out, gotcha. but we did our best to get around that and supplement teaching when we could. Yeah. Right. Is it yeah. like a normal work day? Are you doing eight hours? Then you're just hanging out for the rest, like finding your own shit or you have like second projects that you're working on? Yeah. Yeah. So I worked in a few different classrooms and would go like a couple days a week in each. Um, but I worked at least eight hours a day, but I had all kinds of different projects going on. Like I made a playground out of recycled materials in one of the communities and did a reforestation project and a couple of different things. But yeah. I had a lot of other secondary environmentally related projects going on. I and they it. don't give like, they don't give Peace Corps. I give Peace Corps a lot of credit for this, even though it's really frustrating at the time. They give you barely any money. They give you just enough money to survive. And then they give you a lot of resources to like, get grants and stuff like that but you have to have community involvement have community members part of it and stuff like that so it's not just like you know people from the states going and just giving things and building things for people it's you know basically giving people the tools that they need to to you know further build up their own communities got you yeah and by the end are you still the gringo or are you just like every all the kids are crying they're just giving you all sorts of gifts when you're leaving and shit like that both. <laughs> oh, no way. You, uh, I'll always be the gringo. I can't get that. <laughs> I can't get past that one. <laughs> I'd, be in, I'd be in class and the kids, like, swear to God, second year after I was there, the kids would be there, like, gringo! And I'd be like, KS me not right? What's my name? <laughs> like, um, like, Daniel, profe. <laughs> my name is not gringo. <laughs> you know who I am. I've been here for two years. <laughs> oh okay those kind of kids are the best the fucking absolute <laughs> best those kind of kids are so endearing uh -huh. where they're just like i'm gonna fuck with you till the very end man yep <laughs> oh my god dude and so why didn't you get into teaching then you just like the more <laughs> science that, or that made me want to go far away from teaching <laughs> <laughs> Cool. That, I, I don't know. I just don't have the patience for it. I loved it and I loved the kids and I, I sort of had like a unique situation. You know, there's like the whole 
um, I don't know, Ministry of Education and the curriculum and all those problems to deal with. And um, I don't know how multi-grade. So there, there was a lot of challenges and made it extremely stressful, but I don't know. I, and I did my best and I think I left it much better, but just not as passionate about teaching as I am other things. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. And yeah. again, I don't know how much that, that is due to the specific circumstances I was in or what. But yeah. Right. Yeah. I was like, I still like science better. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah, man. I mean, it's like you motherfuckers got to figure out what the science teacher should be teaching. Like someone needs to provide the information to teach. Right. So it's right. just as valuable. It's yeah. Um, but I was fine. I was wondering if like the love of the kids like crept into your heart and you're just like, Oh my God, I can change if I have my little classroom or if like it was <laughs> that traumatic where you're like, Nope, never no, again. No, no. <laughs> like I said, I love the kids and some people like some people, I, the other Peace Corps volunteers and stuff did stay and do similar things in education. But I was like, this was fun, but I'm going to go back to being a scientist. Gotcha. <laughs> did you actually get to have like a bestie that you were hanging with there? Or did you feel pretty isolated the whole time? Yeah. Yeah. I had some good friends in my town. Nice. Yeah. A couple people. Okay. In my, in my first town, when you're in there for the three months of training, um, they assign you with a host family for the first three months. And then you go out and, you know, live in a community somewhere else after that. But the first host family I with, I was with, I had like a host cousin and a younger brother. And they were like, I don't know, four years younger than me, three years younger than me. But okay. they were like the benditos of the town, which I didn't, I was brand new and didn't really realize that at first, <laughs> but I was like hanging out with the riffraff. Which was fine. They were great, but they liked to drink a lot and they kept like, they would take me out to do things. Like one day they woke me up at like five o'clock in the morning and they're like, Danielle, come on. And I was like, where are we going? And they just said, El Bosque, like the forest. So I was like, okay, fine. And we like went out and we met up with like eight other people and they all like started drinking rum and were walking into the forest for two hours. And we finally got to this big farm full of cows. And I was like, what are we doing? And they were like, oh, we're going to ride the cows. And I was like, why didn't you tell me that two hours ago? <laughs> and then they were like, Danielle, get on. And I was like, no, I'm not going to get on the cow. Like, we're not going to play kill the gringo. You get on the cow. And he's like, okay, if I get on, will you? And I was like, maybe. <laughs> and he like got on this cow and started like, of course, it like fucked him off after, like, I don't know, 10 seconds. And he's like, okay, your turn. And I was like okay, this is going to be a good story. I'll tell this one day on a podcast. <laughs> it's like, fine. But I got on, and there's a, I think it's actually, if you scroll way down in my Instagram, in the beginning of Peace Corps, there's a photo of this. But um, I was like, got on this poor little cow, but it immediately, like five seconds in, bucked me off, and I flew up in the air and landed on the ground on a pile of cow shit. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, there's a, there's a picture of me in like a gray shirt on a cow looking terrified with a bunch of like drunk Nicaraguans standing around and screaming <laughs> somewhere. <laughs> but they got me into stuff like that every single day. Oh God. I don't know what would happen if I lived there for two years. Yeah, right. You're definitely not the quality educator. <laughs> 5 a.m. No. sessions for cow riding. Holy shit. Right. Dude, that's awesome. So like they're the banditos because like some farmers pissed that their cow might get hurt because these fucking they, town folks. Just in general, they like like to go around and I don't know, like to drink a lot and I don't know. Not nothing really harmful. They weren't like yeah. out stealing or anything, but yeah, yeah, yeah. 
just annoying. And they like to like weed in Nicaragua is a really taboo thing. I think people people associate it with most people at least associate it with kind of like how people viewed marijuana a long time ago. They see it as extremely dangerous and that it's going to like a gateway drug and this and that. Oh. Like, and they like my friends in my first town smoked a little bit and I, I didn't realize how taboo of a thing it was. But I, in my second town, the small rural one, I like, I would co-plan classes with teachers a lot. And I remember we were talking about drugs one day and I was co-planning a class with my, this other teacher and she goes, Danielle, and she points at this marijuana leaf and she goes, never try this. If you try this, you start raping and killing. <laughs> and I was like, in serio, <laughs> are you serious? I will never. <laughs> it's like, thank you for telling me. <laughs> and then you go into the forest and grab your own bud and light up just to de-stress from like, yeah, that bitch is way too serious. <laughs> Oh my god, dude! <laughs> I and then we walked into the classroom, and of course, she's saying that to the children immediately. And I'm like, "Well, let's maybe let's talk about heroin instead." <laughs> I should have said, oh, "Shit, have we heard of cocaine?" Yeah. I'm just, yes. I just, I just want to go a little harder to keep them away from that. Maybe, right? Yeah, maybe, <laughs> maybe actually does have some holistic properties that could benefit children with anxiety, depression, or pain, mm. but. <laughs> no you start raping and killing <laughs> first hey the worst. primero primero fumar is loco i was like I, I was like i can't even have a conversation i was like oh my god okay <laughs> it's not worth it dude yeah right like yeah what do you yeah you can't make them feel like shit for propagating that no. like weird <laughs> what like fox science like no there's there's nothing you're changing about that is that like a like a religious thing with them or is that just like the government like our cdc kind of a thing like why are they thinking that way i think more like like a cultural thing like they didn't have any problem drinking they love rum god at least it that depends on religion a little bit but um evangelicals not so much but most people in Nicaragua love rum and drinking and that's way more harmful yeah I know like that's what I'm thinking and then I'm thinking like if you're trying to grow shit like it's got to be easier to grow weed than get rum right like I don't know it's called weed for a reason shit can sprout Mm -hmm. so you had brought it up earlier as like something you were kind of um, not apprehensive about but thoughtful about Um, did the homosexuality like, did that get breached at any point while you were there or you just like, you were just straight Dan or you're just I, you? Yeah, I Is that, am I, I asking was. that like and a I, dick? Like, I'm sorry. I, if I went am. back and forth on it a lot. I was, I was quote unquote straight. And like a friend of mine in the Peace Corps was like my quote unquote girlfriend. Oh, no fucking <laughs> way. Still laugh about. But, um, but I went back and forth on that a lot because I was like, constantly and I asked a lot of people for advice on it and like never got really a straight a good response because you know I was, I was involved in like the gay rights movement and all kinds of stuff and I'm like out here in the US like encouraging people to come out of their closet saying what I was just talking about earlier like you just need to be out and be yourself to the extent possible like people will come around they just need to be exposed to this and see that it's normal and then I was like a total thinking I was a total hypocrite when I was out there because I was like fuck I'm just like 
hiding who I am and um, not talking about it and like making up a girlfriend and all this stuff. But at the same time, I'm, I was out there for a relatively short period of time in the grand scheme of things, two years. And your reputation is so important out there, especially, mm. you know, in a town like that, your personal life is every, everyone knows your personal life. There's no barrier between your personal and your work and professional life. And I really needed in order to be successful in my job. And they really pounded that into you in the Peace Corps. I really needed to be respected in my community mm. and, um, had to be someone that, you know, people listened to and that they liked and wanted to talk to. And, um, and if I told everyone I was gay, I don't, that wouldn't have been so easy. There was like one other gay guy in the town who was also the only other person named Danielle. Oh, shit. <laughs> and, and he was like flaming. And he was, he was like one of the smartest people in the town and he had stuff going on, but people like talked behind his back and said nasty things all the time. People did not respect him very much, regardless of like what, how intelligent and smart he was. Right. So it was like, yeah, it was a really difficult trade off to make there. I was like, being a total hypocrite, but also I have to be respected in this town. And a lot of times, like getting people to change their attitudes towards a certain thing like that doesn't happen that quickly in the two years. And I don't know. I, I did some things. I, I worked with like a group in uh, a group in the Peace Corps there that. Um, of other volunteers that educated peace. It was mostly for the Peace Corps, educated Peace Corps staff, but also like host families and stuff like that on the LGBTQ community. And, um, Oh shit. I didn't you know what it means that. to be part of that community and stuff like that. And had some really interesting and experiences, but all that was sort of outside of my, the community I was living in. Gotcha. Yeah. Is it straight machismo or is that oversimplifying it? Or is it, it, I guess just more religious That's a big part of it, right? Cause when you're talking about the drinkers, I'm, I'm, I mean, if you're the dudes that are waking up at five in the morning to like get drunk and ride cows, I'm imagining you're not so much into the church as more into the machismo. <laughs> Some of them were surprisingly religious at the same time, really? but no, the machismo is real. That's a huge thing there. But yeah. I found like the, Again, back to the, the group when I was teaching about the LGBTU community and um, even things down to like basic terminology and what it means to be part of that community and being sensitive to people in that community and stuff. We, we were teaching, first of all, Peace Corps staff, which is in the country, mostly Nicaraguan staff and um, host families. And this one specific group was um, in the capital city of Managua. It can be kind of dangerous. So the Peace Corps hired taxi drivers. There were just like regular Nicaraguan taxi drivers, like as local machismo Nicaraguan as you can get for the most part, and um, just hired them because and because they had a reputation of being like safe. But we would get to know them because anytime we were in the capital city, we had a list of people we'd call and they would like come get us and drive us around. But again, like local as can be, but they interacted with us a lot, and we gave one specific um, class to them to talk about LGBTQ. Q community and i was like kind of nervous i was like mm. this is like a crazy local group like i don't know how receptive they're going to be to any of this or like what this is going to be like but um it turned out to be the best class that we gave and i've now become an expert on the subject i like most getting to know thanks 
big thanks to Dan for going to a place that not many of us would want to go to for two fucking years and bringing back some hilarious stories. His full podcast will be posted tomorrow. And if you're looking to fill in any blanks or hear more about his stories involving Hawaii, being all naked and afraid, or just his fucking dope-ass life, man, be sure to subscribe. Also, thanks to AndrePsyche.com for sponsoring the Getting to Know You pod. Check out his website for some trippy merch that's worth checking out. That means you should buy something from my man. Please follow, friend, subscribe, rate, comment, fucking message us, man. I'm, we are real people. The Getting to Know You pod, it's all one word. Wherever you can on any and all social, social media platforms. And if the spirit moves you, go to patreon.com, that's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com, and search Getting to Know You Pod to financially support this podcast. We appreciate it. Vaya con Dios, hermanos y hermanas.